Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are wrapping up season two today. (laughs) How did we get here so quickly? This is insane. I can't believe we're wrapping this up. And we are doing it, I guess like it's somehow becoming a thing that we do the last episode of the season alone meaning we don't have any guest friends on maybe that'll build up to something big at the end or something. I don't know, but so far we have had both season finales alone. Yeah. And quite without pomp and circumstance, (laughs) they're low frill, no frill episodes that we don't do anything special for, which moving forward, isn't going to be that big of a deal because after this, episode it's not like we're taking a three-month break like we did with season one so it would have made more sense to make a big hubaloo about season one season you know ending but we're gonna kind of keep cruising yep as we go forward so um all right well since we don't have any guest friends and since it's not the beginning of a month we get to go right into the episode recap so Llewellyn tell us all about what we're going to talk about so, for our final season two episode, uh, we watched the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding. When Rachel serves as a bridesmaid at the wedding of her ex fiance Barry, and her friend Mindy, she relives the nightmare of her own failed wedding day. Meanwhile, Chandler becomes enamored with a woman he meets on the internet, but is surprised when he finally meets her. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it kind of gives a lot. A lot. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, we go into the soft open and all the friends are, of course, at their favorite cafe, Central Perk. And we are finding out that Joey had an audition. Everyone is asking, you know, how did it go? And he said that he got to meet the director, Warren Beatty. And the audition included a kiss with a guy. Now, Joey being Joey, um, you know, maybe he said he kind of struggled with it a little bit, but he thought it was good. But Warren Beatty did not think so. He said, good actor, bad kisser. And Joey just cannot fathom the idea of himself being a bad kisser. Yeah, I feel like of all of them, like, he would be the one that would, like, take that to heart. Oh, yes. You are spot on with that assessment. He compares himself, for context, to Mother Teresa. First of all, and I get he's doing it in a way that's like, you know, that would be like Mother Teresa not being a good mother, which he completely does not understand who Mother Teresa is or her role in history. (laughs) (laughs) But he kind of says, like, what is our Phoebe, you know, chimes in? What does Warren Beatty know about kissing? Well, I, I did a little a little bit of a research, not too much, but I just happened to look into a little bit of his previous role history when it comes to his acting. Um, So before maybe he was a director, he acted and he was in a bunch of old timey romance movies. Mm -hmm. So when Phoebe sort of goes, Oh yeah, it's probably because he was featured in a lot of romance, like romantic movies as the lead, you know, romantic guy character. And so when Phoebe says, you know, what does he know about kissing? It's like, well, he, you know, he probably knows a lot <laughs> because he 
he did it a lot. Um, now, there was something else about this scene that I think I'm forgetting already. Um, oh, it, it made it reminded me of our point several. I mean, this is like now we're at several episodes ago, um, back when we were talking about um, Julia Roberts being a good kisser. It made me think of that whole conversation of like, you know, when you look at on-screen kisses, can you tell who's a good kisser and who isn't? Yeah. And the fact that Joey is, you know, kind of admitting that the guy doesn't think he looks like a good kisser. But the thing is, is he was doing the kiss with a guy, which will come, you know, into the storyline of this episode. Um, so all around like a good, you know, a good soft open when it relates to Joey and then you know, Warren Beatty. So we move on to the main part of the episode. They're still at the cafe and they're discussing, he has found out from, you know, Estelle, essentially his um, handler. What are they called? Agent. Agent. Thank you. Um, That the kissing thing is a problem with his audition. And they were like, well, you know, you're, you're used to kissing girls. Maybe you just tensed up a little bit and you, you know, it's subconscious and you kind of don't realize what's going on. You think it's a kiss, but you're all up in your head about it. So, you know, maybe, you know, you need to be kissing a guy. But before that, you know, in, in a way to prove that he's a good kisser, he asks the women to, you know, participate in kissing him so that he can prove, you know, that they could speak on his behalf. And, you know, Monica's like, uh, no way that's going to happen. Rachel is with Ross so she's like you know no definitely not but Phoebe's like I've already kissed him so I'm gonna do it again and then they go in for it and can I say they look like they have great chemistry on screen 100% that kiss was there were a lot of moments in this episode where I was like that kiss yes (laughs) yeah that, that was good it was it was hot and steamy, I'll tell you. I was like that in that moment, like Matt LeBlanc and Lisa Kudrow look like they have like really great chemistry together to make that kiss work on screen. I mean, they just did a fantastic job. Yeah, they did. But Llewellyn, did you catch what Phoebe said? Oh gosh, I did hear it and I, I didn't write it down. She said, I would recommend to oh, a friend. Yes, yes I, did. I did write it down. Wait. Okay, yes. I about died. I was like, no kidding. Like, here I thought I was just coming up with this, you know, idea to, you know, we don't have a lot of sponsors or anything like that. And, you know, we're, it's not like we're bringing in like a lot of money. So I was just thinking, like, let's just come up with a creative way to, like, recommend something to a friend where we don't have to, you know, be a sponsor to recommend things to share with our friend group and, you know, create a culture where you're just sharing something you're passionate about. And when she said that, I was like, Phoebe, yes, recommend to a friend that that got me. Yeah, I loved it. Um, So that's, you know, at that time, she kind of stands up, you know. In, in on behalf of him and that's where Monica suggests you know maybe you need to start kissing you know guys and so he starts to 
kind of turned to his bros to see if they're going to, you know, help him out. And both of them are a solid, hard pass on that. Ross is like over, you know, the look on Ross's face when he realizes why Joey is looking at him that way is priceless. Oh, yeah. And then he says, like, over my dead body. And then Chandler, when he realizes, too, that now Joey has turned his attention to him, he said, I will be using his dead body as a shield. (laughs) And the guys are not game for it like the women were in order to, you know, help him out. So we go into the girls' apartment. And this is a classic scene for Friends where Ross says, come on, honey, you're going to look great. And then under his breath, Tell her, you know, like, tell her she looks good. Tell her she looks good. And she comes out in this large, gaudy, bright pink dress with the largest fake gems on the front in, like, a snowflake pattern. Yeah, I really think Mindy honestly just looked at dresses and was like, what could humiliate Rachel more than anything else that seriously although we'll get to it in a little bit but her taste in dresses yeah may not be the best now we'll save it for that actual part of the episode but i'm questioning her taste in dresses altogether yeah Mm. because this dress is horrible well she came out and i know chandler mentions it later but she came out and the first thing i thought of was a little bow peep i'm like (laughs) <laughs> all you need is the like staff or whatever to herd the sheep with <laughs> and i mean she looks like a pepto-bismol bottle like yeah. and she mentions that when she says i don't like the fact that i look like something that you take when you're nauseous <laughs> well you make my eyes nauseous just looking at you yes seriously and monica makes a little comment and after her comment she kind of like slinks under like she slinks under richard's legs which is just really like it's funny but then for the relationship that like richard and monica have it's kind of like fun and endearing that she would like kind of like go hide like under you know like where he's sitting i thought it was kind of cute um but what got me too was you know, all the friends are there, but then Chandler walks in when she's over by the fridge and he has not yet seen it. And his only reaction is to do his like little Chandler laugh. Yeah. Which is perfect. He's like, he's just like bursts out laughing because he gets a picture and he doesn't even stop walking to look at it. Yeah. He's just like, it's a, it's a drive by laughing. Yeah. And he just joins the other friends in the living room. And, is this where we find out? Oh, this is where we find out that Chandler is online dating. Yeah, because he shows up in the same clothes and Phoebe comments on it. Yes, that's right. He has been up all night chatting with this online girl, this mystery woman. It was, and I thought it was, yeah, go so ahead. weird to hear him say, like, yeah, I like met this girl on the internet. Like, it's so common now, but right then I'm like, ah, internet, are you talking like aim? Which I know. Right. Or are you like emailing this chick? Like, what do you mean by online dating this, this lady? Internet. I know. I, I wonder if it was like the early version of like, I wonder if it was chat rooms. It had to be. Cause I think that's like the first thing that really happened online. Yeah. That was like the, the first like instant thing. Yeah. Like email you had to wait for 
mail you had to wait for. There were no texts. It was like beepers, you know, um, there were no smartphones. Like it was literally just a phone that you dialed on. Mm -hmm. So like this was, I feel like that was the first form of like instant messaging in any sort of like, you know, fashion. And you, but you still had to be at the computer in order to get these messages. Um, so I thought, yeah, that was a great parallel. Like online dating is so common nowadays. I mean, who doesn't have like a dating app, Right. but, um, but yeah. And she totally calls him on his crap, which once you know who it is, it totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the context, you think like, wow, this girl like really just called him out. And so he's like a no jokes Chandler and the friends are not a fan. Their reaction to that was was priceless like Richard and he was like yeah I just don't I I don't understand I can't do this Chandler I was like that and even Phoebe was like stop it stop it you're freaking me out (laughs) um so Richard leaves and essentially we find out that she's really nervous to ask him like where is this whole relationship going yeah um, you know, she's all smitten when he leaves and, and Phoebe starts to kind of like, my boyfriend's the best. And, uh, and then we, you know, she kind of reveals that she's just terrified and doesn't feel like she has the freedom to ask because they just, she's like, we're, it's so good to be like in the moment and just not even worry about the future. And they're like, you're terrified. She's like, I'm terrified. <laughs> like, I don't know what, when to ask him. Um, but the girls are still in the apartment in this kind of next scene, um, sorry, not the girls. Um, we, we do pan, we, we carry that storyline to the next scene, even within the apartment. And apparently Monica is watching, watching Ben for the day for Ross and Richard is there, you know, they're hanging out with the kid and they broach the topic of where is this going? And can I just say one, as Anne pointed out last week, you know, Tom Selleck, but two, when he said, I was thinking, you know, like I do think of the future, you know, I, I, I thought about maybe selling my practice and what if we moved to France? And I was like, yes, sign me up immediately. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm totally on board for this first half of the vision. Mm. They make toast, you know, which is French toast when you're in France, you know, obviously. Um, so, but Monica tries to like, she's really getting to the point. She's, you know, she's, she's boldening up as she's, you know, in the middle of the conversation. And we find that, um, you know, she's thinking of the future. He's thinking of the future. Great. Do you see a little bassinet in the corner? (laughs) So not only is it a talk about future with them together, but also now do you want kids? And up until this point, Rachel and, or sorry, Rachel, Monica and Richard have been a great, strong, solid, healthy couple, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's probably the most healthy relationship on the show right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yet kids, the kids talk kind of comes in and we hear for the first time that and and it makes so much sense he is 21 years older he has grown kids and he just can't see it for himself again 
you know, waking up early, like doing the whole PT, like he just cannot see it in his future. Which, And yeah, go ahead. It's totally valid. I mean, yeah, he said, he's like, I don't want to be 70 when they're just graduating high school. Like, you know, that's like the prime time. That's like the time when everybody thinks about retirement and kind of just like living the rest of their life, like comfortably. Like it's not the time when your kids are in first going to college. So I get his right. Yeah, I think, I think you are right. I think it is totally valid. And, um, you, you know, you can kind of see how throwing this into the mix has kind of brought a really weird tone to the relationship and to the storyline moving forward, as we'll see. Um, but we go across the hallway into the guy's apartment and Joey is begging Chandler to let him kiss him as his friend. And what I thought was funny is just the no means no. Um, And obviously there's like, you know, you bring that into the 21st century and there's the, you know, hashtag me too movement and um, a lot of things being revealed about really powerful people um, and, you know, stories about that. And, um, but so, you know, Chandler saying that was a really funny moment back in the, you know, mid to late nineties, or I guess it was mid nineties. This is, you know, 95, 96. Um, but he says, you know, no means no. And then Rachel comes in and there is a hat and when Joe or Chandler makes his little Bo Peep joke, do do you see how like proud of his own joke he was? Yeah. <laughs> he gave that like little smirk as like the audience was laughing. He was really proud of himself. And with the hat, literally, like you said, the only thing that's missing is a staff. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if the I wonder if the writers or the wardrobe department like, I wonder if they made this dress to look like Bo Peep because the writers were writing that way, or if they made the dress just based off of like a real life event or an example that one of the writers had seen. And then the writers, you know, obviously would then go to, um, you know, write the stories about Bo Peep because they're like, oh my gosh, look at this dress. She looks like Bo Peep. Um, I'm just curious, like, I wonder kind of which came first. Was it a real life event that they kind of drew from in order to, you know, have the wardrobe make it this way? Or did the writers say, you know, let's make her look like little Bo Peep and the wardrobe kind of had to like go from there. I don't know. It's just, I I would love to like have that, you know, question answered, but, um, while, while Ross and, you know, Rachel are in there, then Joey you know, he compliments Rachel, says he looked good. And then he turns his attention to Ross and says, like, he looks really good. So good he could, like, eat. And then Ross is like, I told you, like, for the last time, like, no. <laughs> he He's trying to, like, come on to his guy friends. And it's just, like, this really funny line. And then we find out that Richard's waiting downstairs. And Joey, like, gets this brilliant idea that he's going to run down there. And try it with Richard. That he's like, why not? Maybe he'll be less suspecting because I've already clued in the guys up here. You know, maybe, maybe I could, you know, try it with Richard. 
So they all like leave for the wedding and Phoebe and Chandler are left behind and they Chandler's talking to a cyber chick. And while they're walking through this online museum, I think, is that like what you feel like they were doing? I think so. Yeah. It felt like maybe like an online virtual tour or something, which I wouldn't have thought would be popular or the ability to do so back in the day, or maybe just pictures on the internet or something. There's probably just a website that had, mm. I don't even know what websites looked like back then. I know. I think, I think like they probably just weren't as like cool or organized, especially with like pages like Squarespace where they can make it. So yeah, it was probably different in design. It was probably it. just more like words, like kind of like our version of like a Google doc. Like it probably just looked very basic. Yeah. Super basic and lame. Yeah. You're probably right. Cause I think now with like COVID and stuff, they might do online virtual tours where, you know, you've got 3d mapping when it comes to um, when people come in for like virtual house tours, like, you yeah. know um, I think that's much more prominent nowadays, but it just seemed, I was like, are they doing an online tour together while they're talking on the chat? Cause that seems really advanced for the mid nineties, but two tabs open in 1995. <laughs> they even have I have no idea. I have like 13 different windows and each window has like five or 10 tabs on it right, right now. Yeah. My computer like hates me for sure. Um, and, and Chandler, you know, Phoebe's kind of looking over his shoulder. She's like, what does HH mean? And he goes, you know, means we're holding hands. And she's like, well, aren't you the sweetest? He goes, I might just be. And he's like, so sweet, like so sweet in that moment. And then Phoebe goes and ruins it by saying, you know, what if it's a guy on the other end? <laughs> she would. But she- and of course, that's like, you know, a call to like catfishing, which happens all the time oh, now. Yeah. And, and Chandler, I mean, Chandler's like, no, it's definitely like, I know her. And she's like, yeah, it could be a big fat guy. And so everyone thinks that that's, you know, hilarious, but we find out that, he's the other guy in the relationship this woman is married and Chandler is bumming really okay so Phoebe tells him to ask her what birth control you're on or yeah what form of birth control you're using as a female how would you feel if a guy asked you that on the never actually met yeah that's a great question I don't know that that's a question. I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm just weird, but like if a guy randomly asked me that question, I'd probably be like, yeah, this isn't the right. Wait, what? Why are you asking me this? Yeah, I think for something where it's we've never met and we're talking online, but at some point we're going to meet. My thought is that if we met in person, you'd have like literally one thing on your mind. Right. And, like, you're trying to see, like, do I have protection? Like, what am I kind of doing with that? And planning accordingly. So I would feel, I don't, I feel like that is a very intrusive question to someone that you have never met. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, unless it's some, like, I mean, it, it, this isn't, it's not like they communicated as this long time running relationship. This was like, you know we've just started talking on the phone and staying up late together. This isn't like we've been dating for three years virtually. Mm -hmm. 
And so we've talked about everything at this point, you know, like it's just such a weird personal thing to go into without having really a lot of personal history invested into the relationship. Is that kind of how you feel too? Yeah, I would agree. Um, So, oh yeah. So Joey comes back in and, and says how Richard, you know, he was this close with Richard, but Monica kind of need him right as he got close. And so he wasn't able to grab Richard, but he sees how, you know, the situation, Phoebe kind of explains it. They think it might be a guy. So of course, you know, Chandler's bumming and Joey trying again for the kiss (laughs) by being all like, shoulder massagey and handsy and it's just he is like joey is relentless in this episode and it's hilarious he like goes hard (laughs) he does um so the, the the friends have left for the wedding so we we go and we jump to the wedding and richard and monica are not really having fun i mean they they, it doesn't necessarily flat out say that but the way that they're interacting together they're talking about things that don't really matter and and the fact that richard you know they're laughing about it and he's he has to be like see see we're having fun and she's like yep i'm not even thinking about the thing that we're not gonna be thinking about he's like me neither and you can tell like it's kind of put a little bit of a strain on just the normalcy of relationship for sure um and what I found so interesting, and I don't think I've ever caught this before, that Rachel points out, she, you know, she comes out of the bathroom and, you know, of course she's all dressed up in the not, you know, full to the nines. Um, and she comes out of the bathroom and Ross, of course, asks, asks her how she's doing. And she's like, oh, you know, I just saw the, the window that I climbed out of at my wedding. They're at the same venue. Yeah. I just, did you, did you know that before this time watching it? I just, I never caught that before of like, it's like a copy paste, like wedding. Yeah, I knew it was because Barry is kind of a cheap guy. Is he? Yeah. I mean, he. I feel like his parents would have paid for it. He makes a lot of money, but like, he's not like one that. I don't know. He just perceive. I perceive Barry as a guy that's not. He's like kind of set in his ways, and he's like, "Well, I've already been, yeah." So I might as well just like rinse and repeat, which he mentions later, um, with the like getting the same band and whatnot. But so it doesn't surprise me that it was done at the same place. It's probably sentimental in their family. Would be my guess. Hmm. Okay. Or I wonder if like they're part of some club and this is like the country club, you know, a uh, rental space or something. Yeah. Cause I guess that would, you know, that would sort of make sense. Um, one thing that's interesting here too is um, like Monica and Richard being here. Yeah. Why are they there? Yeah. So the reason that Monica and Richard attend, you know, Barry and Mindy's wedding despite not being friends with them can be explained really by Richard's longtime connection to their long Island community as a prominent eye doctor. 
So Rachel knew Richard from her childhood. And at one point, Rachel says, I just need to be in a room with these people again. It's suggesting that many of the wedding guests at Barry and Mindy's wedding would have been at her wedding as well. And if that were the case, then Richard would have been invited since he was part of the circle of friends that included the Greens and the Gellers. So it's entirely possible he was a good friend to Barry and or Mindy's parents as well. And if so, he would have been invited and taken Monica as his plus one. Got it. Yeah. Um, so as, as they're kind of, you know, interacting together, they run into this couple. This is all kind of pre-ceremony, right? Um, they're, I think this is when they run into that couple that says, like, I'm glad to see that you're up again. Or is this after? Oh, this is after. Yeah. Never mind. I'll, I'll come to this afterwards. Okay. So... Um, so we find out that the, the, that, you know, the wedding is starting. So Ross gets into the room cause he has to go and Rachel kind of gears up to, you know, go in and we see right before she walks in the room that she has her skirt oh. tucked into her panties. As if that could have, get any worse. Right. That. Now, have you, have you ever had that happen no, to you? Thankfully. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> um back in I think it was 10th grade um we were at a dance and it was you know formal or I don't it wasn't prom but I think it was formal um it was either the winter formal yeah I think it was winter formal I think that's when those are and I was in the bathroom and luckily my friend was with me, you know, girls, we all go to the bathrooms together, which Phoebe did in the episode with the two parties with um, Rachel's mom, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions like gal pals going to the bathroom together. It's totally a thing. So she, so I, so I went into the bathroom and, you know, I go to the bathroom and then we're in the, um, I'm washing my hands afterwards. I'm just kind of like, you know, you take a look at your face real quick, fix your makeup if you need it. And then you're about to head out. And as I turned to head out of the bathroom, Megan, like, you know how all of a sudden something happens really fast. There's just like, there's like a loud noise. Someone's yelling. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like some fabric and stuff pulling from outside of like behind my butt. Mm-hmm. And I turned back and she's like, dude, you had your, you had your dress tucked into your, like, I think I was wearing like, um, uh, what are those things called? Uh, tights yeah. or whatever. Um, I don't even wear these anymore. So I literally don't know what to call them in the moment, but I was wearing them under my dress because it was like a three quarters length dress or something, or maybe it was like knee high. So I still had to wear those, um, nylons. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. And so I had tucked. I had like accidentally, like as I was pulling them up after going to the bathroom, I had tucked like a piece of the back of my dress into it. And so luckily before I even walked out of the bathroom, she had caught it um, before I like humiliated myself in front of my (laughs) entire class. So um, thanks to my longtime friend, um, she definitely saved me. So I have had that happen, but luckily I had no public humiliation um, from it, which was great. So anyways, um, but the same does not happen for her. Uh, she, 
afterwards, you know, you can kind of tell the ceremony's over and they're kind of in the pre-reception area where it's sort of, you know, you're waiting for the bride and groom to take photos together, get photos with their families, you know, all of that, whatever that kind of post-ceremony thing goes. And, you know, she's talking with Ross, like she's so embarrassed, like how could he not tell her? And he's like, what was I going to do? Shout from across the room that I could see your underwear. And, you know, so she's humiliated. Not only is this the same building, all the same people, she's in the wedding as a bridesmaid. Like it's just piling and piling and piling and it's not going to stop. So all of a sudden these two characters, the Weinbergs come over, Mm -hmm. right? And they're like, um, you know, he said, I just didn't expect to see so much of you. And the wife says, I thought you didn't see it. I thought you said you didn't see anything. And he's like, I, I say a lot to you or, or like whatever he said. And it sounds like the perfect like example of like an old couple. Mm-hmm. I feel like old couples who do life really well end up being really jokey, but also they're so much in love because they've just been together forever that they can like joke and stuff like yeah. that. So, so um, these two characters, Mr. And Mrs. Weinberg, Jackie Bright and Fritzy Burr played these characters respectively in this episode. However, both were credited in previous episodes for distinct characters. Jackie Bright played the janitor in The One with the Birth, while Fritzy Burr impersonated Miss Tedlock in The One with the Stoned Guy and a woman in The One Where Ross Finds Out. So these characters, these people have been on this episode before um, or on this um, series before, which is just interesting because... you know, we've seen that a couple times with, you know, Frank Jr. Now that we are introduced to him preliminarily, you know, with Phoebe's first interaction, he was the, um, through a condom in Phoebe's, you know, guitar case guy. Um, Estelle was a nurse um, when Carol gave birth or Susan, no, Carol, sorry, when Carol gave birth. And so like they, they, they have tended to do this a little bit, which is kind of how I guess actors sort of you know, make their way through anyways. I mean, wouldn't you think they have to play, you know, a bunch of background and if it just so happens to be on the same show, then it just so happens to be on the same yeah, show. Yeah, this happened actually because right now I'm watching uh, Law and Order SVU from the beginning again. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. been a while since I've seen it from the beginning and they actually had, I think it was like season two, one or two, they had a character that like came on and ended up being one of the, you know, um, defendants and I noticed mm-hmm. her and I was like I swear I know you from the show but I can't think of like what it was and then I think like two or three seasons later she ends up being the A on the show for like five seasons why so like, they wow. still do that where like a character will come be something and then like seasons later they might come back and be like a reoccurring character Wow, I didn't realize some of them would be like such prominent characters. I mean, that's like a big deal to come back and play for five yeah. seasons. Wow, good catch yeah. on that. And like, could they come back as a totally different person? Like, they're not even the same character, which is just weird, but it's like, right. Dark right. <laughs> Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. 
All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Okay, so, but they, you know, as the Weinbergs are kind of finishing up their conversation, they say, it's good to see you up and about again. And, or up and about. And Rachel is like, that is the third time someone has said something like that. So in comes Mindy. Now, first and foremost, in this episode, I'm sure you noticed this, Llewellyn, because it was blinding to me. Mindy is played by Jana Marie Hoop, which is obviously different than Jennifer Gray, who played Mindy in the previous episode. So this is a different Mindy. I did notice that. And she comes in. Now, what's interesting is she comes in wearing this. It's a wedding dress with a hat, which here it is with the hats again. Not only did Carol and Susan wear hats for their wedding, but now Barry and Mindy are also wearing hats for their wedding. This must have been a trend in the 90s. must have been. I'm so glad it's gone. And, you know, I think I previously stated my mom wore a hat on her wedding. Um, Now, they got married, you know, before the 90s, but I just was so interested that you know, so far there is a trend happening in weddings on this show. And it obviously changes later on, but I just thought it was interesting, like Barry and Mindy, but she comes in wearing a hat, but also this dress that is like a short, it's a short skirted dress that looks more like an evening dress, but there's a long skirt over it that kind of peeks, you know, through the front. You can see the whole front, but then has a a heavier train on the back. Yeah. I do not think that if Jennifer Grey were still playing Mindy in this episode, they would have put her in that dress. No, definitely not. I just don't feel like it fits. It fits this new Mindy a little bit better, even though the dress is horrid. But it it, it definitely would not have fit Jennifer Grey portraying Mindy. Yeah, for sure not. Why did they change Mindy's? Do we know? I don't know. I could do like a I could do like a search real quick. Would you ever wear a short a shirt a short uh dress for your wedding? No. I would so I have thought about my wedding like uh like getting a white shorter dress for the reception to like change out of my wedding dress or even I know some people like have wedding dresses that turn into like a shorter one. But, like, not for the actual ceremony. I can't imagine having a short dress. Unless I were to be, like, on a beach. But I don't want a beach wedding. So that would be a no. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it would fit at a, at a wedding. Like, this is your time to, like, shine. And in a short dress, you're not going to do that. Yeah. It, uh... Yeah. It was, uh... I... I think I'm kind of like you. I think I could see, I honestly think I could see me wearing like something long, obviously long for my ceremony, 
And then, like you said, if the train breaks away and maybe there's like uh, my body frame, I feel like it, and I could be not self-assessing myself really well, but I feel like it looks good in like a long jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. So I would maybe love to have like a jumpsuit. So like legs on underneath. And then when you rip away the skirt, you're just wearing like a jumpsuit, but it depends on how it's made and, and, or if I just want to change into my own jumpsuit and have the dress be the long dress, but I would never do short ever, ever, never, ever. Okay. I've deep dived. Are you ready? All right. When the character returned in season two, um, the role of Mindy was recast with hoop, a lesser known actress at the time. The reason for the recasting has never been revealed, but there have been a few plausible theories floating around out there. In the early 90s, Gray underwent two rhinoplasty procedures, so nose jobs, that greatly changed her appearance. Her once distingu- distinguishable look was gone, and the actress admitted that the plastic surgeries affected her career since many felt that she was unrecognizable. At one point, Gray even considered changing her name to restart her career. It's very possible that the second surgery got in the way of her ability to gigs for... Uh, sorry got in the way of her ability for gigs due to her recovery schedule. The topic may have been too much of a distraction during the arc in Friends, causing the series to go in a new direction. More than likely, Grey wasn't available to return in season two for whatever reason, so Friends recast the role. The sitcom was known to recast minor roles from time to time, seeing as Mindy didn't have a prominent presence, the change went unnoticed by many viewers. It would have been interesting to see Gray acquire a bigger role and possibly revive her career as a way to silence surgery criticism, but that was never in the cards. Wow. So they're saying it could just be a scheduling conflict or it might have been because of her nose jobs. Okay, just so I make sure I'm tracking, Jennifer Gray is the same girl that played in Dirty Dancing, right? Uh, she's baby and dirty dancing. Is is it? I think so. I think I googled it. Hold on. I think you're right. She looks like it, but I haven't. Oh yeah, Jennifer Grey, Dirty Dancing. Yep, you're right. Which you're right. She does because that was in the '80s. She does look different. Like I'm looking at her picture right now. Yeah, I just googled at least what I think is like current-ish, and you can tell she. You can tell her nose is a little bit thinner through the narrow, you know, through the way. She still looks good for her age. Oh, for sure. But I could see how a nose job would have, especially just looking back and seeing, you know, her nose was like a part of her, her, her features. Yeah. It was like a distinguishing mark of who she was. Yeah. So yeah, when I first, I think when you first said Jennifer Gray, I was like, isn't she in Dirty Dancing? Like that didn't. That doesn't look like the same person from even Dirty Dancing in the late 80s to Friends in the mid 90s. Yeah. So, right. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, a couple, you know, a couple maybe reasons. Um, okay. So, at this point, then Rachel asks, you know, guys, why is everybody saying, you know, glad you're, you know, up and around? And apparently Barry's parents told people that she was going insane from having syphilis. <laughs> and wouldn't Barry have if she had it? Yeah, I would think so. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. 
Um, yeah, they were like, well, he obviously, obviously couldn't tell anybody that you just didn't love me anymore, which was the obvious thing. Right. Um, so yeah, so she's like this day, like could again, just add it to the pile of already horrible things that she's experiencing. Just add it, you know, add it on top. Just one more thing. Now, um, we're going to obviously move into the, um, you know, reception here in a moment. So I've got some um, facts when it comes to that. But before we do, we go back to the guy's apartment and Joey is literally calling an old girlfriend or fling of his. And he's like, yeah, I know you're with that guy. Actually, if you could bring him over too. Now I'm sure from her perspective, it sounded like Joey wanted a threesome. Oh, for sure. With two guys, which also doesn't sound like Joey. No. Um, but she immediately hangs up on him, obviously. And we find out at the same time, you know, he grabs his little, what, Indian character? Like, um, wood carving? Yeah. And he carries it into his room like he's going to practice on that. So it gets him out of the room while we find Phoebe is still hanging around with the guys today. And Chandler is not answering the little bings that are coming across you know, the airwaves um, because she is messaging him and Phoebe keeps like, you got to answer her. Like that's the 10th one that I've heard. And then as they're talking, it happens again. And Phoebe reveals that she wants to meet him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first he says no, but then Phoebe kind of talks him into it. But then Phoebe starts like marching, like giving out marching orders. Like she's giving him directions on what to do first and where to go first. And Chandler is running all over the place and then finally, like, Phoebe realizes that, like, I've just been blah, 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 like, talking so much um, that she's like, make some coffee because it's all too much. And she sh- sort of has, like, a breaking moment. And that's when Chandler sort of, like, slows down and realizes, like, okay, we can take this one step at a time. But he got very worked up. Yeah, he did. I wonder how many times he had to run around that apartment for the take. Hopefully for, in his, his, hopefully for him, he didn't have to do it a lot. Um, Because he was like, I mean, he was running from the kitchen to the bedroom from all the way, like almost in the bedroom, all the way over to the bathroom from the bathroom, right back over to where it was almost the bedroom again. But then he turned around because he was needing to go to the kitchen to make some coffee. Like he was all over the place and so animated about that. It was great. Um, So in the, um, so then we jump back to the wedding and, uh, you know, Monica and Richard are at the table, right? Or are they dancing? They're- no, they're they're at the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she sort of just is like, I could probably be without kids. But then she sees the kids behind and realizes that, like, no, I really want kids. And the look on Richard's face, like, he knows this is the end. Yeah. And it's really, it's really sad to watch a quick decline in a relationship that you've grown to like love, mm-hmm. you know, like the buildup, the preempt, the telling of the parents, you know, they've been such a healthy couple. It feels like, you know, you barely, we've n- never really seen them fight. Right. And, and it's a bummer to watch like it all implode really in one episode. Now, fun fact, the singer 
at the reception is the same one. Spoiler alert. Fast forward 15 seconds. The singer at the reception is the same from Monica and Chandler's wedding. Really? Yep. So in seasons from now, we will see this singer again. There we go. Now, what's funny is the best man, you know, dings the little thing and and gets up to make a speech. And he essentially says, I remember the first time, you know, the first time he came home from a date with Rachel. And then they all kind of like gasp and look at him. He's like, what? You have the same band, but I can't make the same speech. Right. Literally copy paste. Such a guy thing. Oh, my gosh. And then the guy makes the speech and the guy's doing the little like, bum bum, you know, like on the drums. And some of the jokes are at, you know, Rachel's expense, which I mean, in in any other world, there would not be this much attention given to Rachel, except for the fact that this is on a sitcom and it needs to be funny. Yeah. But they would not be like pointing out Rachel as much as they are. But Ross gets up to make a speech. And the guy on the drums hits the drums at the wrong time. It's not like where he was being funny. Um, he did leave because she did leave because she didn't love him. And then when Ross does want him to hit the drums, he's sort of just like, I, I don't know what you want from me. So it was like just funny timing for that. But Rachel is obviously really embarrassed. And she's, you know, again, another thing piled on and she's ready just to kind of disappear. Okay. Did you not think Barry was the biggest jerk in this moment? Oh, 100%. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Like, you know how much, like, how much guts it had to take Rachel to not only agree to come to the wedding, but also to be the maid of honor to her best friend who was marrying her ex fiance? Like, y- yeah. <laughs> and who was sleeping with the best friend at the same time like that cheated on them with yeah it i mean the way that he did it too he was like oh classic rachel all right who had 945 down as if like everyone was taking bets everyone was kind of smirky at all the tables like everyone was in on this joke and rachel has just had it it like so it uh, yeah all right it honestly felt more like he was only there and he only really wanted to go through this to humiliate Rachel. And it's like, did you wow. want to get married to Mindy or are you only doing this to spite Rachel? Like it's kind of, wow. you know, cause I mean, we all know that in a few years they don't last, but it just like makes you wonder like, okay, Barry, what was your thought pattern here? Was it truly to marry Mindy because you loved her or was it just because you were so hurt by Rachel? But you know that's probably yeah no actually needs to go but still that's my thought no and it did like based on how heavy they hit this joke um or this like punchline towards rachel it really did feel that way yeah yeah that's a great perspective um so rachel needs to like she's trying to take things really into her own hands and so she decides to she kind of makes a little speech and then she just decides that she's going to sing. <laughs> and the whole, you know, Ross gets up there. He like helps her like take her defining moment back, which honestly, you know, this kind of reminds me back to the East German logic detergent episode with the, 
um, with the girl with the cart. Like Rachel kind of finds her voice. Ross is really instrumental in helping her kind of stick to what she's committed to. Mm -hmm. He obviously isn't the one that made her do it. Like she made the decision, but he's there as a really big supporting role to help her stay strong in her own decision to stand up for herself. Yeah. Which I think is actually a really strong characteristic. I mean, in that sense, Ross is like, has been really great to Rachel in that way. Oh yeah. Um, And so he kind of like tells her the words to like, you know, help her remember to like encourage her to go on. And then at one point she's like, all right, everybody and kind of pulls him up with her to be together, you know? And it's just a really sweet moment. I think, you know, with Ross and Rachel that he's there to support her. Um, even when she's feeling, you know, really low and embarrassed. Um, but yeah, so we kind of forward a little bit further on in, you know, the same scene, we're still at the reception and Monica and Richard are slow dancing and Richard just has a moment where he's like, you know, if I have to do it all over again, if I have to be at the PTA meetings, if I have to do the 4 a.m. wakeups, you know, if I have to, I, you know, if I'll do it if it if it means being with you. And he thinks he's being like sacrificial and romantic. And then I'm surprised this didn't get a laugh, but I realized how serious of a moment was. But she was like. You know, if you didn't say have to like 18 times in that sentence, I'd say, yeah, let's do this. But she's like, I really don't want to be with somebody. You know, if I want, I want to have a baby and I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want it as badly as I do. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of like embrace and she goes, you know, where do we go from here? And he said, I guess we'll just, you know, keep dancing. And it's so, like, it's so heartbreaking. I really love Richard and Monica together. And I always really forget about them because of how big of a thing it is when Chandler and Monica get together. But I really do love, like, Richard and Monica. And I think if they would have been allowed to continue forward with more longevity, it we would have they would probably have ended up together, honestly. Well, yeah, she, I mean, I mean, spoiler alert, but she has to decide later in the future if she, if she wants to go back to Richard or stay with Chandler. Yeah. And like you said before, or we said before on the show, like she, her and Richard, really the only, that's the only other couple that like compares to her and Chandler. Like we all know that they end up together, but, um, all the other guys that Monica's with, like, they just, like, I almost forget about them because I'm like, what did they contribute to you, Monica, really? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It was a hard, I mean, it's one thing to, like, break up in general, especially in a relationship, but to do it at a wedding, you know, like, I, I, one thing with me, like when I'm at weddings, like it is the moment where you like you feel like all these things come about. So like when Richard was like, you know, if I have to do this, if I have to have kids again and, mm. you know, all of that, like I'll do it. And it ma- kind of makes you think like in the setting of a wedding, you're more to like think about those things of, yeah, okay, yes, I'm at a wedding and like it shows me like what marriage, you know, it's like a the the. Pr- 
set up to marriage. So you're, you're thinking like, yeah, if I have to get married, I'll do it. And if it means having kids and that I can be with you, I'll do it. Like you're more like sentimental, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of like felt like, okay, I feel like Richard would be honest and do this. But at the same time, like, are you only saying that because like the atmosphere we're in right now is so like marriage, wedding, happily ever after. Yeah. So it just like, like my heart like broke for Monica. Granted, I am like a huge Monica Chandler fan. So to me, it's right. I can't wait. You're one step closer. But (laughs) also like, oh, poor Monica. Like you're already kind of like somewhat unemployed because that job really doesn't matter. But and then this happens like, oh, poor girl. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh yeah, you're definitely in the mood when you're at weddings. It just brings all the things of love. You know, like anything that has to do with that sort of to the forefront. Yeah. Um so we cut over to the cafe. This is obviously like the next day or, you know, maybe, you know, a day or two later or whatever, but everyone's sort of waiting around and Chandler has agreed to meet up with this mystery woman and you know, this one girl comes in and she is gorgeous. She's a blonde bombshell type, you know, um, you know, a nineties blonde bombshell, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, Cause they definitely like, you know, change and morph, but she's definitely that classic blonde. That's gorgeous. And, you know, Ross being funny, he's like, yeah, life is just that kind that she would be this like gorgeous person that walks in. Right. And what's interesting here is, with how antsy he is while waiting for this mystery woman is the same while he's waiting to break up with Janice. Do you remember how antsy he was in that moment as, as well? Yeah. So this is supposed to be like a sort of foreshadowing that this mystery woman that we find out is none other than Janice. Which I guessed earlier that it would be her. I forgot who it was, but then... About halfway through the episode, I was like, this mug is about to be Janice, isn't it? And it was. I completely forgot that this is how she reappears. Just can't get away. It was, it was like, so good. Yeah, for sure. Like, they did such a good job at reintroducing her. Yeah, but then the way they, they kissed. Yeah. Uh it was good yeah like this this episode like those kisses in this episode oh these people know what they're doing they do (laughs) yeah so they totally like it's it's almost like an endearing like she goes oh my god you know she does her thing Mm -hmm. and then the friends as he like so he goes up in this dramatic embrace and they just like have at it and the friends go oh my gosh like they also say it yeah um and that you know very neatly and nicely wraps up the main part of you know this episode before leading into the tag and the tag is simply ross kind of bursting into the guy's apartment and he's like i've been feeling so guilty about not being a good friend because i'm a good friend um and and so like i'm just gonna do this like close your eyes and so he goes in, like, and you can see Joey, like, he lifts his finger, like, but, and then, like, 
Ross just lays one on him. Yep. And he kind of like dipped back and was like, huh? You know, like, you know, kind of looking for some feedback maybe. And, um, you know, Joey was like, that was a great kiss. Like Rachel's a lucky, a lucky girl, you know? And, uh, and he's like, I mean, but the audition was this morning and I didn't get it. (laughs) Which then Ross was just like late to the party. Poor Ross. It would be poor Ross. Um, what's interesting is with this episode, then Joey has now kissed both Ross and Chandler. (laughs) Um, obviously he's kissed Phoebe. Right. Um, so yeah, so the official like I guess we're you know counting down Joey's kisses. So um, so far he has hit three of the five options, <laughs> and half of more than half of them have been the guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anything anything in you know this episode that maybe you didn't say? Um, I don't think so. That you wanted to. All right, so good episode, Um, but let's see how good with our episode rating system. I'm going to change it up a little bit, and I'm going to go first today. Um, I think I'm going to give it, fittingly, an oh my god. (laughs) Okay, why so low? One, I just don't care for a lot of this storyline i don't care about mindy and barry i don't care about rachel's struggle i don't care that ross is a good boyfriend the heartbreaking part of monica and richard sucks um that's the only intriguing part of the storyline because you know their relationship is coming down in one fell swoop which is a bummer for me, because I do love the the Monica Rachel or Monica Rachel Monica and Richard, even though I love Monica and Chandler ending up together, but I really do love the Rachel. Oh my gosh, the Richard and Monica storyline. But and like Phoebe, it's pretty much again non-existent. I don't care that Chandler has this online relationship. It's just this again. If it weren't so like. It, it does seem like it's weirdly in, integrated into the story that like Barry and Mindy's wedding is like the main ender. I mean, based on how popular the last episode was, I would have rather ended on that episode. Eve, wait, sorry, two episodes ago, the one with the two parties. Yeah, that was the one we rated really high. Yeah, sorry about that. I was I was getting my my episodes mixed up. I would have rather ended season two on an episode like that where it is all entertaining because honestly, this season ending does not really have any sort of, I mean, like there's no wait, like there's no what's going to happen like there was with season one to season two. Like Rachel was literally in the airport waiting and then we cut for three months. No one would have been able to watch the show. Right. Um, and see what happened with Rachel waiting. But now it's like they're, I mean, yeah, with Janice, but that's not like a cliffhanger that makes you like so anticipating the next season. So I just thought as a, 
as a seat as a season finale it just did not live up to its potential and all of its predecessors of season finales i mean it sort of fell really flat for me what about you what's your episode rating yeah i think i think i'm just gonna give it one one above that we were on a break for Mm -hmm. all the same reasons you said um like it's just really not like, had I not known that this was the season finale for season two, I wouldn't have been able to guess it because yes, it didn't feel like an ending episode. Like, like I get, like, I get why we see Barry and Mindy's wedding, like to help with the story, the Rachel storyline or whatever. Yeah. Did it really, did we need to have a full episode around it? Like, couldn't it have just been like, Rachel goes to the wedding type thing like I don't know it just didn't seem I mean it's probably too because I'm a lot like you I don't really care about Rachel's storyline yes I love that Ross is being supportive but that's kind of Ross's anyway um again Phoebe barely in it yeah it just kind of felt like like this episode and the last episode it just really felt like they're like okay we need to finish out the season but how do we finish out the seasons they just like threw these two episodes in so yeah I don't know you're yeah I would agree it's like this it like makes me wonder like was the show not doing well like was it going to be picked up for a third season like I don't know just like different factors like why would these two episodes or maybe I don't know maybe there's something in these episodes that we're not seeing that just didn't carry well over the years I don't know yeah friends out there If you loved this as a series, sorry, season finale, we'd love for you to reach out via email and kind of tell us why, because we might be missing something. Um, But I, I I mean, Llewellyn, I honestly agree with you. I think you hit it right on the head. Like I would not have known either that this was a like a season finale if it had not been told to me on our agenda. (laughs) Like, right. I I wouldn't have known if, if you were taking over, you know, if you took over the scheduling and you didn't tell me otherwise, I would have just thought it was any old episode. Yeah. Smack dab in the middle of a season, almost like a spring break episode or something that wasn't as important, you know? Yeah. So I completely like, I, I, I second, I second your opinion that seconded my opinion. So cool. essentially I'm just agreeing with myself because you agreed with me, but anyways, <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the very last episode and we are going into our last post-show wrap-up segment of season two. Um, Llewellyn does not have any recommendations, so I'm going to solo it today. Um, My recommend to a friend is Mint Mobile. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard about it. You know, we are not getting paid (laughs) to recommend this in our, you know, podcast, but my dad and I recently just switched over with the passing of my mom. We're no longer on the big family plan that we did have. Um, so I had been kind of eyeing mint mobile for a while and, um, their prices are ridiculously cheap, um, for an unlimited talk text, um, and unlimited data, um, for the month, it's $30. It can be utilized with any phone. They give you a SIM card 
And um, like I said, it's 30 bucks a month for unlimited. And the reception has been the same that I was using from AT&T is the carrier that we switched from. And I have not noticed a difference in my reception at all, um, which is encouraging to me. Just, you know, anytime you're switching over, you get kind of, you know, a little nervous. Um, But they're website is super user friendly. They will actually tell you what kind of service you have in your area based on your zip code and actually like your home address. You could type in your work address and see what the reception looks like in those areas based on your location. So if you're in the United States and you're sick of paying, you know, 75, 80, $90 for an unlimited plan through the big networks, I want to personally recommend Mint Mobile. Um, And I would love to gift you guys with some um, monthly like user credits so that you can use towards um, minimizing your monthly payment. I have a um, referral code that, you know, I just personally have just, you know, for me. So if you guys would like to try it, want to switch over, want to pay less, um, they're, like I said, their website is super user-friendly. So I will link the code that I have, and that's going to give you some um, free credits um, to use towards, you know, your own plan. Um, yeah, you'll get some some free mint is what they call it, free mint. So um, highly recommend Mint Mobile to a friend. It's been a great network for the past think I've had it for the last two weeks now. Um, and it's been working great for me. So I love it. And yeah, highly recommend Mint Mobile to a friend. I will link my code in our description for our show notes. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, this is a quick little announcement, but we are going to be taking the next two Thursdays off to rest relax and prep for a strong launch to season three. We have a great show planned to kick us off in May with episode one of season three, the one with the princess Leia fantasy. So we're going to take a couple weeks off, um, but we will plan to get back at it and won't be too long. Yeah. So no more waiting three months. (laughs) yay (laughs) all right guys we will catch you in may on the one of the friends podcast